You are listening to the Dradcast, episode 88, with special guest Zach Gordon. First show of 2016. This episode of the Dradcast is brought to you by Pagely, the original WordPress managed host. If you're looking for rock-solid WordPress hosting, look no further than Pagely.com. Get ready for the Dradcast. Your favorite nerds. Brad Williams and Dre Armada bring you high-octane conversations with new guests every week. Covering the latest news, insight on recent events, and interviews with tech titans. Pour yourself a quality cocktail. What kind of soft drink? Sit back and chill. Because the Dradcast starts now. We are back. Another year, another Dradcast 2016. Dre, my brother, how was the Drag holidays? Israel 2016, baby boy. What's going on with you? Man, I'm, I'm excited to be back. It's uh, Just got through the holidays. I hope Barely. you had a good one with your family and friends. And uh... I uh, almost didn't come back. It was missing in action for a little bit. I, ha- I was up in the San Bernardino Mountains since Christmas Day. Just arriving back home down the hill on Sunday, so it's been a it's been a good ten days or so up uh, on the trails and in the dirt, man, hanging around playing in the rocks. Yeah, a little jealous, man. Like up in the mountains, rolling over rocks in a jeep. I mean, that's it's like a man's Christmas. I bet you ate a lot of meat too. Eating shot stuff. It was it was <laughs> awesome. I bet you, <laughs> I bet you shot your dinner, didn't you? <laughs> uh, we yeah. don't eat unless Daddy goes hunting. Yeah, uh, still got enough uh, <laughs> reserves through the end of the week. We're getting about two feet of snow up there, so I'll be heading back oh, up the, the hill on Friday afternoon. Yeah, I'm excited we're back. It's uh, The holidays are always an interesting time because it's just, you know, it's awesome to see friends, it's awesome to see family, but it's also awesome when it's over. You know, it's kind of like this, it's great to get some time off and regroup, but then at the same time, it's kind of like, all right, let's get back to kind of a regular routine. It's like, uh, yeah, from Thanksgiving on, it's just, it's just this thing, right? Like, uh it seems to be overwhelming for a bit, and then you got Christmas right in New Year's. So it's like two yep. two weeks back to back of just not uh, taking care of my body like I should. Some, uh, some nice about- long, uh, nice long weekends were nice to kind of unplug a little bit and get away. Um, for sure, but we are back. It's the new year. It's the new dread, and we got a really cool guest on today. Uh, his name is Zach Gordon. Some of you may be familiar with Zach, uh, specifically around the training and educational area around WordPress and some other things. Um, I first met Zach down in Miami, and we had some fun, which we will not speak of, uh, like we do at WordCamp. So, uh, Zach, man, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Great to be here. Yeah, we're excited. Um, Great to it's, have you. It's extremely relevant, or, or topical, I should say, that you're on, because... Um, there's been a lot of talk of JavaScript, and you happen to be doing some JavaScript stuff in the WordPress world. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, well, um, I think, like most of us, it didn't necessarily catch us by surprise to hear that we need to focus more on JavaScript, but the timing of it couldn't have been crazier for myself. Um, you know, going to WordCamp US for the first time and being laid off like several days before it started from Treehouse. So just kind of sitting there wondering, okay, what do we want to do? I, I was already planning on kind of focusing on some JS-related stuff, definitely API. But then sitting in, in the audience, when that's like, okay, learn JavaScript deeply and just light bulb off. And literally since then, that's pretty much what I've been doing at a huge level every day, just digging back deep into uh, 
JavaScript. I've worked with it before. I used to actually teach JavaScript at college and high school before Treehouse. Um, but a lot has happened in the last three years that I've been focusing just on WordPress. So getting back to stuff, getting in deeper, you know, to teach stuff, you got to really kind of know it at a whole nother level than just to build an app with it. And uh, yeah, it's definitely topical. And I know a lot of folks have been getting back deep into JavaScript, picking up the books, checking out stuff. And uh, I've been able to do it because I'm unemployed at the moment at a really high level and uh, a lot of hours a day going to watching courses, reading books, digging deep, playing around with projects. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, being laid off obviously sucks. Um, I don't think there's any other way to look at it. Um, but the timing, while some might think the timing was terrible, it, it, it sounds like the timing was actually very good because being laid off a few days prior to the biggest WordCamp ever, um, just the number of opportunities and connections and conversations and and knowing that it literally is kind of all open to whatever direction you kind of want to go, I, that had to be a little bit exciting at the, at the same time. Oh, yeah, it was super exciting. Now it's the excitement has faded into slightly more stressful just trying to pull <laughs> off this huge thing because – yeah, if, if I had been at Treehouse when I heard that, I would have been going back and, okay, okay, our next, like, five projects, we got to be around this. And um, I am a firm believer that when one door closes, another one opens. And it has been beautiful and uh, very grateful for all the opportunities I had there, but also what opportunities it's provided me. For one, um, this is going to be, like, a year's worth of Treehouse content packed into three months um, time. So I wouldn't have been able to roll things out or respond as quickly, um, which is kind of cool to, to have that. Um, there's a lot more involved. But yeah, it has been exciting and, and getting everybody uh, or getting support from everybody at WordCamp US was was really great. Do love this community, man. Just say it again and again. Uh, and I don't want to take away a, a, from, from the awesomeness and the opportunity that it's provided you, Zach. I think this is a pretty neat uh, thing Overall, it's going to be very impactful for, for WordPress in terms of the, the, the opportunity uh, for you to come out and really kick this thing's ass. I think that the timing uh, for you might have been pretty pretty neat, but the timing in terms of or relative to WordPress's kind of uh, maybe footprint on the net, 25%, all of a sudden they're talking about moving away from uh, the educational stuff around WordPress. I mean – Without having to go too far off topic and into that topic specifically, because I don't want to corner you in a spot where you're saying stuff you don't want to. Do, do you have any idea of what maybe led to that? Yeah, I um, I mean, I have ideas, but I don't really have anything too official I could yeah, say. Um, but what I can say is I know that JavaScript is hugely on their radar. Um, a lot of resources and education and, and need for that. So it is kind of funny that um, you know now, now that's a huge need also within WordPress. And uh, who knows what will what will come um, in the future and how they'll respond. You know, uh, what they'll continue to release. Well, you mentioned as Matt said, you know, in the state of the word at WordCamp US, uh, learn JavaScript deeply. As you also, you know, as you stated, if if you've been following WordPress development in the past few years, it, this isn't really a surprise. You know, we've seen this coming. Backbones included, used for for many of the admin sections of WordPress. Um, there's more and more. There's more in JavaScript and WordPress now than there ever has been, um, and and it keeps growing with every release. What is it about JavaScript? So I've been working with JavaScript. 
I've been touching it, you know, here and there for 15 years. I mean, JavaScript is not a new thing. It's been around the block. It's been around for many, many years. Um, obviously not as uh, advanced as it is now, but it has been around in one way or another for a while. To me and to a lot of people I talk to, JavaScript is extremely intimidating. And I've never quite put my finger on why that is when other languages don't seem to be as intimidating. And other languages may or may not be more powerful, but there is a certain kind of, um, I don't know if it's reputation is the right word, but uh, around JavaScript that people are just intimidated by it. Have you experienced that? Are you seeing that? And as you're kind of putting this master course together, um, you know, is that something you're running up against? Oh, yeah, I completely know what you're talking about. I think funny as a side note, to my awareness, he was never like, learn PHP deeply. <laughs> this is the year everybody's got to learn. And, and most people have been able to get by even building plugins and themes without really knowing the programming languages too deeply. Like I myself, way, way ago, I think it was version two of WordPress, learned PHP through WordPress. Um, I don't know how many people learn JavaScript through WordPress because it's not as tied um, to things, but they probably began using JavaScript a lot more through WordPress, you know, adding stuff to themes or plugins and things. Um, so th that's kind of a funny note. And, and then when it comes to, hey, we're going to be doing more with JavaScript, it's not just, okay, we'll pick up JavaScript by tinkering around and looking through however people do it uh, or how other people do it. It's, no, no, learn this language deeply. And I think because with other languages, there are some intimidations or learning curves or preconceptions about it, like Let's say, for example, you want to learn Swift. Um, I think a lot of the preconceived notions about it are it's pretty clean and easy to do, but then there's a whole environment to set up, right? You've got to get the iOS environment up and rolling, and there's other things that are, that are involved with that, whereas JavaScript is immediately there. It's really easy to get into, but there are all these intricacies of the language, and as I've just been going like super deep into understanding um, things like scope and binding and um, a lot of the changes that are coming with events and um, how stuff may be handled in the future with JavaScript and observables and all this crazy stuff that like I kind of knew about, but now I'm really studying in depth. I completely understand the intimidation factor there. And I think a lot of it is around of like, I don't know how this is going to work, which is kind of a quirky like fear to have about a programming language, right? Like, oh, I'm going to program this all out, but I'm not quite sure this is going to do exactly what I want. Where like hmm. most people don't have that fear with PHP, maybe CSS a little bit, yeah. or the reversing of I don't know how this is working and, and how do I fix it. But um, so I definitely know that 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 is part of it and a tricky thing I'm trying to figure out of how do I make this stuff clear and uh, explain it myself. All roads lead back to the scrolling rainbow marquee, my friend. <laughs> that, that's what it's all about. Just make stuff blink on your website, and that's a, that's a bunch of kick-assery right there. Uh, there's a lot, of, uh, a, a lot of stuff to talk about here in terms of JavaScript education and topics beyond that, um, and I think it's time to kick it off. Appreciate the intro there, Zach. Thanks, uh, Brad, for kicking off the first episode of uh, 2016. But let's get into this week's Pressing Topics. Stand by. Pressing topics of the week. And you're on. I mean, really, when you think about it, it's grown to the extent where WordPress and JavaScript are almost, not quite, but synonymous. It's going to be something that's going to continue to grow in WordPress. Uh, and we're going to start seeing that through a lot of the events over the coming year, I think, expand beyond what you've seen in, ter in terms of JavaScript in the WordPress community and it being talked about and, and taught to each other. 
WordCamp Miami this year is actually adding a full track uh, around JavaScript, uh, as mentioned and talked about here at WP Tavern. I think that that, I mean, it's pretty interesting because we've seen, we've seen tracks around BuddyPress. We've seen business tracks, even real realtor stuff back in the early days of WordCamps. where it was like really niche, right? But now we're talking about a, a programming language beyond the core PHP that's been used in, in WordPress for so many years. Where's this lead? I mean, the, the, the overall, I mean, community, not just the developers and, and the folks making uh, WordPress, but those that we're bringing in. Does this change the culture uh, from that kind of uh, user and, and people that are just touching WordPress from the beginning, being that this wasn't what was the kind of take back, let's say, three, four years ago? You know, WordCamp Miami, I, yeah, <laughs> sure, yes. Uh, WordCamp Miami, I mean, they, they have a history of kind of being trendsetters. You know what I mean? Um, and we've seen this with Buddy Camp in the past. Yeah. They're the first, I think they were they were the first to have a Buddy Camp. Um, now they're the first to have a JavaScript track, as far as I know. And you're, and you're right, Dre, like early on, you would see maybe one presentation around JavaScript, maybe a few years back. And that, and we've progressively seen more and more um, throughout. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a this is a pretty neat idea. Um, and this is setting the trend of of the new people coming in, like learning JavaScript, learning JavaScript deeply. It is no, there's no doubt it is going to be a major component of WordPress. So I think they are setting the stage not only with Matt's presentation, with things we're seeing at WordCamp Miami, Zach, with the master course that you're putting together, um, to set that stage so that people are coming into WordPress knowing, like, I'm going in knowing I'm going to be playing with JavaScript. I'm going to be working with JavaScript because right now. I would say right now most people aren't thinking that. They're thinking, I'm going to go in working with PHP primarily. And that, that is shifting. That is changing quickly. Yeah, I could jump in here. I think that one thing about it is that I don't know that it's necessarily going to shift at this moment who we're bringing into the community or how folks are coming in too much. Um, because if we take ourselves back, like, a lot of people come into WordCamps that don't know CSS, that don't know HTML, that don't know what from what. And for those folks that are coming in that are new, and even for developers that are coming out of the community into WordPress, JavaScript is not going to be something that's necessarily new to them out in the outside, bigger world of, of web development. So coming in and seeing a focus in that um, with WordPress, I don't think is going to be too too much of a change and really like one stuff is at a technical level it, it's so far over a lot of people's heads that it just doesn't register anyways i remember for years going to WordCamps and not being able to sit in um on certain talks because they were just so over my head but they were in php or about servers and now it's going to be about javascript and i don't think there's too much of a difference there i think what'll be really interesting is when and this is something i've heard from some of the advisors i've gotten a chance to talk with and build in this course um that have been building React or Angular apps for a little bit. And they're saying, you know, when we start seeing people from the JavaScript world coming into WordPress, maybe whether it's attending a WordCamp or even giving a talk or beginning to look at the platform, like that's when it's going to be some really big changes because it is kind of funny that we're all, for a large part, we're all learning JavaScript deeply together as a community. Um, and there are some people that, that already know it pretty well, but there's a lot of people outside the uh, WordPress world that... That'll be interesting to see how they come into it. And yeah, big shout out to David for doing this WordCamp Miami track. Um, I've actually been chatting with him behind the scenes about it, and, and I know he's been driving it pretty hard. And, and it's always a really cool 
WordCamp. I mean, meeting you guys now at JavaScript track. I'm just, I'm loving what WordCamp Miami is doing. How does it get any better? (laughs) They're doing it in February, so it's nice and warm, you know, get out of the north. Uh, Miami is one of those WordCamps. Sounds nice, too. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't been to WordCamp Miami and you're kind of on the fence, you should go. Um, It's, it's, in my opinion, it's one of those WordCamps. It's always a bit above and beyond most WordCamps because not not only is the content great, they get some amazing speakers from all over the country and the world for that matter, um, but they really think about like the little details and those little details really add up and make just, they just put the event over the top. So if you're definitely thinking about going, I would go. I've been a few years. Um, I've always had an amazing time. Hung out with you guys down there. Um, it's it's a great event. They always have a good time. And Pata is organizing. Our buddy Pata. Uh, he's amazing. I, I mean, geez, last year with cigars, mojitos, and dancing to salsa music, uh, that that did not <laughs> uh, suck at that would, all. That would be the year I, I lost my voice on a podcasting panel. So <laughs> I'm on a panel about podcasting, and I can't even talk. That is that is how we get down in Miami. So will you guys be down there in Miami this year? Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to make it. I would love to, and like, like you said, February is awesome. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be challenging for me this year. I think. I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, Brian Messinger from uh, Web Dev Studios will be down there repping, uh, repping hard. So yeah, yeah, look out for him. Well, you know, with the good, there's always the bad. We've seen this across pretty much every programming language since the uh, man has created the interwebs and code. Uh, now, uh, what attackers are doing with JavaScript, uh, it was just discovered a JavaScript-based ransomware. Uh, for those that don't know, ransomware is is a type of uh, malicious software that uh, holds uh, something that you own hostage until you pay for it. <laughs> so that's that's pretty it's cool. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, it was just discovered. Uh, uh, Computer World and Ars Technica covered it. This is pretty nasty. It's called Ransom uh, Thirty Two. And they just dropped it. Uh, well, dropped the, the the actual articles about this uh, over the last two days. Um, it's using the NW.js framework and infects victims. It's likely cross uh, operating system compatible, uh, so it'll work on Windows, Linux, and Mac. And yeah, pretty much. I think it's it's the, the folks that have created, it, if I'm not mistaken, it are are actually charging people. Uh, a cut off of that ransom profits to actually deploy this thing, which is even nastier. <laughs> yeah, that's such a, a weird model now that it just says WordPress has lowered the bar to entry for building sites. You know, hackers can just, you know, pay some Bitcoins, get access to this. And I was trying to look a bit more into it. Uh, it does look, at least my understanding is you log in and you can download it maybe and then you still have to be responsible for sending out to people it looks like primarily the way this gets onto your computer is still opening an email that is hopefully sketchy at some level so you don't open it and then it just kind of takes over and how it's doing it is interesting and being bundled with a a node library um, so that it can do a little bit more but it still seems it has some visual basic for some of the file stuff but yeah very very interesting in that that regard how kind of just go pay for it download it send it off and you know you're a hacker now or you're malware now it's weird like they have a a setting screen for the person that wants to send out the file to hack someone you can say all right how many 
how many bitcoins do you want to ask for ransom do we want to low you know cpu usage what kind of error message like it's it's literally like a point and click gui on how they want their malware to run before they send it out not Man. just that they're like hey don't ask for too much and be too greedy you know they're, yeah. they're like giving you advice on they need to like make, make decisions not options man there's too much going on in <laughs> this is I, this is wild i mean it's javascript like you said dre it's 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 cross-platform because it is javascript so hey write a yep. write something for one platform roll it out to all platforms with maybe a few minor changes if that um, there's proof of life capability to demonstrate that they can actually retrieve a file and, and decrypt it if someone pays the ransom it's this is scary stuff, man. What happened to the days where they just like destroyed your whole computer and deleted everything? Now it's like, I need, give me money. You know, it's, I it's think wild. that's what drove me to security at some point that happened to me many, many years ago, probably mm. in the early two thousands. And yeah, I wanted to choke a bitch. It wasn't cool, man. Not cool. Oh, well, what is nice though, is that at least this isn't something that's being, um, sent across sites and maybe infecting them that way from front ends. It still is something that is coming in onto the computer through email or some yeah. other. Right now, yeah, it's a, it looks to be is, an executable format, right? So they actually have to execute it locally, run it. Probably, yeah. I'll tell your computer, yeah, I know what that is. Go ahead and run it. Yeah, once AI <laughs> hits JavaScript, that's going to be a scary scene. Yeah, well, nothing to say that it can't be passed from the front end, but obviously executed locally. So it's this. Mm. it'll be that's interesting fair. to see where this goes because that payload could be dropped off and, hey, <clears> click here, right? And Next thing you know, your mom, your your mom and dad are going, "What the hell? I got to pay these folks for what?" Oh, <laughs> get my my photos back. No good. That's scary stuff. Well, scary stuff. You talked a little bit about AI there, and Mark Zuckerberg, uh, besides giving away forty five billion dollars of his own hard earned cash. Hey yo, uh, he's writing his own AI assistant. Of course, the he Facebook is. CEO wants a software helper around the house, like. You know, now we're we're crossing into that weird stage, that threshold where, like, man, if we program them like too smart, we're gonna run into some real, real crazy shit <laughs> real fast, man. There's a fine line between cool shit and crazy shit when it comes yeah. to AI. <laughs> and then another line of it's taken over the world. Yeah, that's, yeah. We're, we're dead shit. <laughs> uh, I mean, if there's gonna be a guy like the, the old folks at Tesla. Uh, Facebook, I mean, these are the folks like that, that could probably make this happen. This is a little little scary for me. Yeah, I don't know if I like the idea of Mark Zuckerberg being one that's really diving into building a, an AI and, and comparing it to something like Jarvis on, uh, uh, you know, Tony Stark's Jarvis yeah, on Iron Man. he saw that last movie, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit, I mean, AI is cool. I love the idea of it. I don't know if I love people like Mark Zuckerberg leading the charge. I, I like people like Elon Musk leading the charge on the open AI initiative we talked about, I think, on the, la the last show or show before that. Um, it's interesting. He wants to do voice control around the house. Okay, that makes sense. I got a little voice control going on with Amazon Echo. He wants to do some fa smart door facial recognition to detect his friends to let him on in. Let's get a little bit weird, right? And, you know, Facebook has some pretty amazing facial recognition. So, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. This is definitely not a small challenge. Apparently, he's known for kind of setting, you know, making a personal challenge each year. One year he learned Mandarin. That's not an easy one either. But uh, this is his challenge right. for 2016. Build an AI. Personal That's assistant. probably going to be the coolest part of it is like that facial recognition, I think. That's pretty neat. I, the, the challenge you run into there is is deploying that at scale because of, of the high-resolution uh, uh, requirement to really process those things. That's why he's able to do it 
locally on Facebook because they've got the pictures. It's it's captured there, and those algorithms can come in and break down all those facial uh, facial points that are mapped. But capturing that from HD cameras, this is a different thing. So being able to produce that at scale would be something that's far off. That's the challenge that we've ran into with um, implementing strong AI with analytics in cameras that's used for surveillance worldwide today. It's why you haven't seen it because you have to replace all your damn cameras. It's expensive. I actually have a little little clip here of Zuckerberg's test AI. Let me just uh, – I think he's testing this out in his house. Let me just play this for you guys. See what you think. Jarvis, you there? That's your service, sir. Gauge heads-up display. Check. Report all preferences from home interface. Will do, sir. All right, what do you say? I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. We start the virtual walk-around. Importing preferences and calibrating virtual environment. Do a check on control surfaces. As you wish. That's literally him just making a pot of coffee, which is crazy. But uh, there it is, man. The beta of the Mark Zuckerberg AI system. It's uh, But it's pretty delicious coffee. I think that uh, Starbucks better watch out, man. That sounds like a fun walkabout. I don't. I, I definitely want to try that. <laughs> I just love that the attitude of it. And first of all, whenever I hear something from Zuckerberg, I just still picture the guy that played him on the social network movie because I just really like that guy. So that's great. The, the cojones to be like, yeah, I'm going to do an AI. I'm, I'm going to tinker an AI this year, you know, like Jarvis and just the, the, that's his example is, is just epic. Um, and I like the home automation. That's cool. Um, I try to go a little bit towards the off gritty stuff myself, but it does appeal to me and I like it. And, it sounds like folks might be waiting out in front of his door, his buddies, at first, a little bit longer before they're able to get in. But uh, the part that, that struck me that we didn't mention yet was he's trying to do more visualizing data for Facebook to make, like, executive decisions or understanding Facebook through, like, this, you know, the Oculus a, uh, VR headset. So that's kind of interesting to me and i'd love to just be able to go in and see like a company's information displayed in that that kind of manner now if the ai is making decisions on what should be done that's that's a whole nother thing and i think that's where we start to see that line but uh for doing visual uh visualization that's that's pretty exciting because i'd love to i remember treehouse early on they had these boards where you could actually like it was a light board it was all done in post-production but you could have that kind of like pulling apart effect of looking at something just like they have in iron man and how you could visualize stuff and that was really fun to play with i'd love to see the real the real deal that's but uh, uh when, when ai starts deciding like how because i'm just imagining this seeping into that actual facebook like experience of you know I guess there's some of who's recommended, but then, yeah, there's, there's just a long path that could go down. It is the visualizing is a pretty cool aspect, um, and it's it's kind of like the Microsoft Hololens that they've kind of had some teaser videos out and showing things being projected in your room, and you can kind of interact with those things. And I think you know you see this in movies all the time now. You know, and these are like current day movies doing this, not like set in the future. It's it's pretty neat to see where it'll end up. Yeah, when the AI starts liking and unliking your friends on Facebook and telling you what <laughs> pants size you should be wearing, shit just got real. Or just pulling <laughs> photos off your phone. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Simmer down. Wrong folder, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll have to keep track of this and see where he ends up by the end of the year. He's got oh, the clock's ticking, buddy. You got about three hundred and sixty days left. So, how far did he get with Mandarin? Did he is he pretty fluent at this point? Or he uh, actually did a an interview, I believe, in Mandarin. Nice on stage. <laughs> like like you said, he he doesn't just do things <laughs> half ass. He's like I'm learning Mandarin, and then he did a, a it was a short interview, and I'm sure they were somewhat propped questions, but. Um, he did it in, in, in Mandarin. So he is, you know, semi-fluid to an extent. That's a pretty lofty goal, to be honest. So we'll keep tabs on it. We'll touch base on this topic at the end of the year, see where we're at. Oh man, where else are we going? Well, time's eight. Jeez. Look, look at, um, you know, things are, we're talking about, uh, uh self-driving cars these days. We're talking about AI. Um, there's a lot of changes coming probably to Uber, Lyft, just got another uh, in, in capital injection, I think, of about a billion dollars and about 500 million. Yeah, some coin there, man. Uh, 500 million of that coming from General Motors. So that's that's a really big uh, shift, I think. Well, an interesting uh, maybe acceptance of, of the potential shift we will see in the way that uh, vehicles and driving and all that happens down the road. Um but General Motors uh, really backing that up, knowing that at some point there's probably going to be less vehicles on the road. So maybe it's time to start putting uh, putting our money behind where that direction may lead. It's interesting that Lyft kind of got that push. Uber's kind of on their own own path, it seems. What, what do you guys think about this investment? I This headline definitely caught my eye because I feel like, at least in my area and my experience, Lyft is always like the – it's it's like the, the subpar – you know, I, I think it's somewhat seen as the the runner up. You know what I mean in terms of uh, picking me up and taking me somewhere. Like Uber is the clear kind of everybody uses Uber, everybody knows Uber. Lyft is like, oh, what? It, you know, Lyft. Oh yeah, they had those weird pink mustache things. Oh right, yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, I know a lot of people use it. I have not, and I actually don't think they're in Philly. Um, but I, I've never used them either. Yeah. This, I mean, the fact that GM. They invested $500 million directly, which, like you said, was their billion-dollar latest round in funding. It brings Lyft up to $4.5 billion at a value. Yeah, um, not including the new capital. That's round, not right? chump change. Oh, yeah, not <laughs> including the new capital. I mean, it were, we're looking at $5.5 billion or more. Um, that's crazy um, and in, in a good way because I think GM is smart. They're looking ahead, and traditionally auto manufacturers are not that far ahead. You know, They're looking – a few feet ahead versus a few miles ahead. And I feel like this is a good move for GM. One of the uh, the quotes that really stood out um, was John Zimmer, the president of Lyft. And he said, we strongly, strongly believe that autonomous vehicle go-to market strategy is through a network, not through individual car ownership. So self-driving cars, uh, they really think it's more of a network of self-driving cars to get you from A to B. Car picks you up, takes you there, drops you off. You don't actually own a self-driving car, which is, actually makes sense to me especially if you're in a city why own a car if someone can just show up and pick me up and get me there and completely self-driven it's pretty good, neat good good luck taking away my jeep bro <laughs> hey i'm not saying we're gonna get rid of cars but i'm all for some you know a machine driving me from a to b i think that's a pretty cool concept it's a yeah, movie like it. oh go ahead i finished soon it was definitely stupid i was thinking of that movie um Total Recall, where they had like the the little Johnny Five robot guy driving the car. <laughs> Need more input, Johnny Five alive. 
That better be what the future is like. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that. And I think that they might even have some more sway in, you know, like folks are trying to maybe clamp down in different states what uh, or how much access unmanned cars have to the road. So if you're doing it in mass through different companies that are protected in different ways and individuals, and um, I almost wonder if like it would shift long term uh, the the typical driver where you know maybe even they don't have to be doing anything they're just a body behind the wheel uh, to count at first or maybe it's a little bit more client servicey so you know their seat swivels and now they're like hey you know providing drinks or whatnot to you as you go yeah either way I think. It was smart, like you said, of GM, of looking at the, the quote that, that made me laugh was when they were discussing how <clears throat> whether this would be competition to people buying cars, supporting something like Lyft. And they're like, no, no, most of our, most of our market is uh, suburban housewives buying big SUVs. <laughs> so I don't see that competing. And I'm like, that is the most ridiculous car market. Um, and I love that that's where most of their – I don't know that I love it. It's funny um, that most of their money is coming there. They're like, no, no, these people will still buy gigantic gas-guzzling cars um, what, that they don't really need the full services of. So this this shouldn't compete. And yeah, in the city, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I like it. I like the the direction that they're going, and I think it's it's pretty smart of them. It's forward thinking. I, I think that you know, it's I think they're seeing it as a supplement to their current, uh, you know, like you're, you're talking about the, the big soccer mom cars and, and the whole nine. There is a market for it, and I think it's uh, it's the right direction for sure. Now, to talk about it in, in more than 140 characters might be interesting. Uh, which is what, well, yeah, which, yeah, may, may, may be. Uh, I think Twitter's considering otherwise, and they're actually talking about uh, lifting their 10,000 or their, their character limit to 10,000, uh, rather, which, geez, at this point, might as well write a fucking blog post, I'm thinking. <laughs> Bring uh, back blogging. Bring back blogging in a big way. Microblogging is no longer microblogging. Um, I, I can understand maybe increasing the, the direct message uh, uh, piece there. That that seems to have been helpful, at least for me. I've got specific use cases where it's helped. Uh, yeah. But I don't understand. Uh, there's already mechanisms out there doing this. What, where's the advantage for them? I don't know. <laughs> I think we all thought the same thing, especially being in a WordPress world. You know, we're very familiar with blogs. You already said it. Like, if you're tweeting 10,000 characters, write a fucking blog post. Write it. Set up a WordPress.com site. Like, dude, it just doesn't make any sense, you know? Like, I don't – the beauty of Twitter is 140 <laughs> characters. That is the beauty of it, right? And that always has been. Um, I think the the way I read this and the way I understand this is Twitter is struggling to make money. Um, and I think the stuff they're doing, they're trying to make some seriously drastic changes to address that. I don't know how the money plays into this, to be honest, but I would bet you this is directly related to income because Twitter is the stock is sinking quickly and they can't figure out how to make money out of all these millions and hundreds of millions of users on their platform. Can you say medium competitor? Is that where they're heading? I think it'll be powered by WordPress. <laughs> I, I sure damn hope so. <laughs> I know. I, it's just it's just baffling that you know. There's been rumors of this for a long time, but this is definitely one of the more solid, um, you know, potentials that I've heard. Yeah, I coming. guess that was my question: is is this out of the rumor mill yet for this? Yeah, they're saying there's no official launch date set in stone. Um, 
they're also saying the the character limit could fluctuate. Ten thousand is the number floating around now, um, but there's nothing official. It's just a lot of rumors and apparently some internal testing going on. Uh, this is this is where uh, where Mister Dorsey acquires automatic from Matt and integrates that into the platform. That's what that's what I'm talking about now. Oh nice. shit! Now nice, you're just getting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is this is kind of ridiculous. I'm I, I'm also not a fan of of this direction. I like I like what um Twitter has done not just with the character limit and the design around it, but in the culture of getting people to speak concisely and clearly and share something individual and specific, although also like completely mangle most languages to try to make that happen. Yeah. So the trade-off there, but I don't see how it would potentially tie with advertising or making more money unless it's like a paid feature or oh, pay to read more. But then that's just not going to happen. So they, they, yeah, they brought media, see. they brought media to uh, and the sharing of news and content to a velocity never seen before. So when you start talking about um, you know catastrophic events and things that, that are just important and impactful at a large uh, scale, it, it was really neat to see how they transformed that communication um yeah. that was really strong powerful in my opinion for me super valuable mm-hmm. it's gotten into this place where you, i mean like you said they've mangled kind of languages across the board it's it's this weird it's in this weird place and i think that's that's where oh, old jacko is trying to fix things right i just don't know that expanding it to ten thousand or whatever um character limit makes makes old much jacko sense. yeah i mean he's it actually states in the article that the you know jack dorsey the ceo has been looking for ways to jumpstart user growth so this is potentially one of the ways they're trying to do that i think the the challenge is you know i talk to friends about this about well about twitter right they know i like twitter and a lot of them just don't get it and they're like yeah i joined it and i followed a couple of celebrities but i didn't really like, am I just supposed to follow celebrities? It, it almost seems like the, <laughs> like that's all they know is like, oh, I guess I'm just supposed to follow celebrities I like, um, maybe some some people on TV, some news anchors, some news, whatever, and they don't really understand it. And then at that, then they just drop off and stop using it. And they're like, well, so it's just a way to follow celebrities. Like that's, I've had a number of my friends, non techie friends, tell me that, and they just don't understand like how they could, well, find things that interest you. You don't have to follow people that all have a million followers. Find people you can actually engage with and talk to and and that's how i got into twitter because early on it was all techies you know i I got in around 2007 it was all techies you know um so everybody on the platform i i had something in common with you know i like technology and and the web and the internet um and now it's it's i think it's just confusing people just get on there they don't understand and they think oh i just need to follow celebrities but you're not engaging with celebrities you're just consuming whatever they whatever they spit out you're not actually having a conversation which i think is the the piece they're missing here We'll see what happens. I, you know, if they do do it, I, I hope they they do their best to keep the the user experience the same. It mentions in here. It sounds like they would, where they would kind of show 140 characters and have a link off to show more. Which I think Dre, you mentioned, there's already apps that do that. Yeah. Um, so it's like they're just kind of baking that into there rather than just let people use an app if they really want to do that. So um, I hope they don't do it, but who knows at this point? I think they're really, really like looking to make some drastic changes to increase user base which in turn will hopefully turn into some more revenue for them. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's been extremely useful in a lot of capacities over the last few years. It'd be interesting to see where they go. Hopefully that uh, they, they they continue the right direction, man. It seems like uh, they're in a little bit of trouble. Uh, Poor guys. I don't want to see it die. 
No, that would suck. <laughs> I, you know, they've got a lot of people on the platform, man. I don't think it'd die. I mean, even, geez, you, you look at MySpace, uh, all, all butt dead, but they still got users, right? Like, there's still still people over there. Although, it's looking more and more like it was, it was written in... Uh, or, or maybe created with with WordPress. So that's kind of funny in and of itself. I know. Way back when, I was a big supporter, and still think it's a good idea that Twitter should have been more of an open protocol versus a private service um, or privately run service. Hmm. Uh, think of it more like an email. Like the way Twitter set up, you get on Twitter and you can interact with people on Twitter. If email was like that, you would sign up for AOL, and you could only email people on AOL. Versus if they made Twitter or statuses more of an open protocol, um, it wouldn't matter what service you're using, what service you're on. All the services can kind of interact. And there was a couple, there's an open source project. Um, it's now called GNU Social. I don't know if it's New Social or GNU Social. It used to be StatusNet, and previous to that was uh, Laconica, which is when I was using it. Uh, but it was more of an open protocol. So you could actually set up your own Twitter-style website, and you could at reply and talk to each other cross sites it didn't matter like what service or site you were using i really wish twitter had gone that way but i understand why it didn't it's a pri- it was a private company right so maybe it'll, maybe still it'll end go up there. down in the long term like netscape and just open source everything on the way out the door that would <laughs> like the belly on fire open source it and and say good night <laughs> we can only hope Oh, uh, these closed uh, these closed companies and software solutions biting into the open source uh, community and world is pretty cool to me. Uh, Microsoft, one we've worked with, Brad, o- over the last couple of years, which has been amazing to see them embrace uh, WordPress, is doing so again. Um, now they've added uh, WordPress data source and template right into uh, Windows app uh, studio beta. That's, uh, that's a pretty interesting move, in my opinion. It's pretty neat to see them continuing to embrace uh, WordPress and open source and and, uh, and driving it further. Do you think this is going to be a continued trend across uh, Microsoft and other companies like that? Yes, it should be. I mean, if 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 you if you understand the web and you understand what people are using, it absolutely has to be right. WordPress powers twenty five percent of the entire internet. So if you're not if you don't want that chunk, <laughs> if you don't want those people to access your apps or your services, then by all means, don't include it. But this is a very smart move by Microsoft. I mean, why wouldn't you want to include these templates and to be able to pull in the WordPress into the, into the app, the Windows apps using their studio? Um, this is great. And, I mean, this, honestly, this specifically, I think, speaks to the shift at Microsoft in the past few years and their and their um, how they look at open source and how they interact with open source. They have a huge initiative around understanding open source, working with open source, integrating with open source um, across all platforms. So it's really cool to see them doing more around support for open source, even if it's with some of their kind of closed off closed off platforms like this. Yeah, I think this is exciting and really <clears throat> like circle back to the beginning. We're talking so much about JavaScript, but it's not really so much javascript it just is that javascript is one of the languages for being able to pull in data and do a lot with it in the browser you know on the server too but um this is exciting and and cool to see i'm glad that they're going this direction and i think that there are a lot of other services that could be doing this as well i don't know if dreamweaver still has users but i can imagine a way of it letting you you know kind of have a wordpress site live somewhere and you design this own little app or simple html css thing plug in some some little tags, and it's drawing the data back and forth, doing some of the behind-the-scenes work. So it could be that, um, you know, like I guess like we 
have seen in some ways of, of WordPress's SaaS and would like to see more of like uh, just other people and other frameworks making that possible in, mm-hmm. in big ways where they never know that it's WordPress behind the scenes. Um, uh, well, from frameworks to the desktop, certainly something that we're going to continue to see as a trend that's growing. Uh, for good reason. I think it's important. I think it's exciting to see what will come of it. Calypso is one of those things that we saw uh, starting to drive that way. Microsoft really uh, just doing some cool stuff. Uh, excited to see that. But I think it's going to continue to grow. We need to continue to educate folks and educate uh, folks uh, across the board. You're doing so. Um, the folks over at WP101 doing the same thing. Uh, they've actually even started to include closed captioning inside of all of their WordPress 101 tutorials. So we need to really expand this uh, even to folks that are limited in, in the way that they can consume some of this educational info. Really exciting. And uh, I think that that really stems from the type of community we are, really trying to help each other, trying to help people uh, grow, not just with WordPress and the technology that we're using, but as people in, as a whole. And that's why I'm kind of excited to be part of the WordPress community. Uh, guys, this is it, so. This show is brought to you by Pagely. Uh, if you're not familiar with Pagely, they're the most scalable WordPress hosting platform in the world. In fact, the first ones to come around. Uh, they really brought that whole uh, hosting piece in, in, and managing WordPress uh, in their hosting platform many years ago. There's a lot that have followed since, uh, but they were the first ones. They're now out offering two-factor authentication, adding an extra layer of security to all their Pagely customer accounts. They're also handling some of the DNS functions in-house for you where they allow you to automatically route your user requests to one of the Pagely cache nodes, uh, the ones closest to them, making that for faster response times. If you're looking for a virtual private server, they have a new rapid deploy VPS capability uh, that allows uh, uh, the deployment of Pagely VPSs to nine different regions uh, and instantly. So if you're looking for a managed WordPress hosting provider, go check out Pagely, our sponsor, over at Pagely.com. We're going to go into our special uh, special segment of the week. This is a cool one because it's one of our oldest revolving segments uh, dating back to our original um, season, uh, season one, which we're now in season three. So let's rock and roll with this. Bradford, what do you say we kick it in with some bar tricks? Oh, yeah. Let me show you a bar trick. Dad. I'll go ahead and kick it off here pretty quickly. I, you know what? I'm a guy that uh, isn't into passwords. I'm more into passphrases. They're a more secure way uh, to to really handle the management. Of, hopefully, one day we'll be away from passwords altogether. But in the meantime, you need to find a secure way to manage them. Um, what I've used for many years is a password manager named LastPass. They recently, or actually, I think this week, if not uh, yesterday or today, dropped uh, their fourth version or iteration of, of this uh, password management software, LastPass. You can find it at lastpass.com. And they've even included things like, um, uh, geez, the ability to bring in, in the case of some type of emergency, trusted sources that can come and recover your passwords and so on. So let's say, uh, Bradford, you decide to, to move to your own island and you're done with the internet life and you hand over the reins to everything to Dre. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. I'm, down. I'm now a trusted source. I can go in there and I, I have access to all of your accounts and all that fun stuff with the passwords that are managed within uh, LastPass. So go check it out. If you're not using a password uh, manager, this is certainly a cool way and, and a, a pretty secure way to handle all of your passwords. I don't even know any of my passwords. It it, um, it works across all platforms, 
uh, allows me to um, you know, copy and paste my passwords into any account that I need to log into without even knowing them. So if you were to kind of put a gun to my head and say, hey, I need all your passwords, nah, you're kind of asked out. Maybe I am. Maybe you'll shoot me because I won't know any of them because I use LastPass, lastpass.com. Awesome. I agree. I use a, a competitor but similar service, 1Password, and it's definitely – Invaluable, especially when my wife says, what's your password for this? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> she doesn't quite understand, but it's good. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and give my bar trick. This is a fun little app uh, for your phone. They have it on um, all the major Apple, Google, Windows. Uh, you might be familiar with Runtastic, which is kind of a running, walking, tracking app. But they released a, an app specifically around push-ups. Um, and I don't know if this is old or not, but I just started using it. It's kind of fun. Um, so what it is, it's kind of a uh, push-up workout app, and it sets a little schedule for you. And you use the app when you're doing the push-ups. It, it kind of paces you on how many you should do and the breaks in between. And you have a certain number of sets you do uh, in a given day. Um, it's kind of neat. You put the phone on the ground, you go down to your push-ups, and you touch your nose to the phone, and that's how it tracks that you've done a push-up. Awesome. So I guess you could easily cheat and just kind of t- – but why would you do that? That would be silly. So I did um, 43,000 push-ups today. <laughs> I just started – I'm trying to figure out ways I can get a little bit of fitness in throughout the day since I'm literally sitting at my desk all day, walk on the treadmill a little bit, maybe on meetings, do some push-ups randomly throughout the day. This way I can track it a little bit closer. Um, so check it out. It's the it's called the Runtastic Push-Ups app, and we will have a note in our show notes. And I quickly, before I forget, because I meant to mention this earlier, I want to give a shout-out to the Word Impress team. Um, they sent me, Devin, Matt, and the team over there, they sent me a, a nice card for the Christmas um, and an extremely relevant book, JavaScript, The Good Parts, <laughs> Good one. Uh, by O'Reilly. So um, this will hopefully get rid of that intimidation and maybe I can brush up on my JavaScript a little bit, but talk about how relevant is this gift? Thanks, so thanks well, everybody over there. Hey, look, I gotta I gotta give them a a compliment on that myself. They sent me a book as well, which I certainly wasn't expecting, and I really appreciate the the gesture. Uh, Start with why is the name of the book by Simon Sinek. Um, how great leaders inspire everyone to take action. Um, really cool of you guys over at uh, Word Impress. I appreciate it, and we hope to talk to you here soon on a dragcast. Yes, sir. All right, Zach, man. So I heard. Nice. Well, uh, light something on fire for us, or? (laughs) Yes. Speaking speaking of bar tricks, I'm going to be the nerdy guy at the bar uh, talking about a book. Although I did want to come up, I was I was trying to come up with something how to light things on fire in a bar and drink them, but uh, I haven't tried it myself, and it looks like something that I'm I'm going to want to try myself before I recommend to others. (laughs) If I come back, I'll have a bar trick that involves fire. Um, for now, I want to recommend the book You Don't Know JS. And this book is actually a book series, and it's awesome, guys. I've been rereading a lot of JavaScript books lately, and this is probably the easiest, most accessible, but so in-depth and um, very – it gets down to the heart of all those confusing things about JavaScript that lead to intimidation. And it was cool. It's, it's by a guy, Kyle Simpson, who kickstarted it wrote the whole thing open on GitHub and then O'Reilly published the finished ones in ebook and maybe even a printed version. So you could read the whole series. It's like a five part series on GitHub. And even just the first one, the the you don't know JS like up and going, I'd recommend everyone before you go read Definitive Guide, before you read the good parts, it'll take you less time to read his book. And it's just really gonna explain some good things about 
the funky areas about behind JavaScript. And he has this great quote. He's like, basically, everybody says, don't learn the bad parts. And this book is aimed to learn all the tricky or bad things about JavaScript and uh, really well written. So you don't know JS, just Google it. It's up on GitHub. And you could also get uh, the ebooks from awesome. Riley. I love books on GitHub. It's just such a cool platform to, um, one, release something to the public, but two, you know, like they mentioned here, feel free to contribute to the quality of the content by submitting pull requests. Like, how cool is that? Like, they want to improve the information, and it's on GitHub, so it's super easy to do. That's awesome that it's free. That's a good bar trick. That's a great bar trick. Better than our bar tricks. That's that's. Although lighting something on fire would have been pretty cool, so uh, we definitely got to get you back on set. <laughs> if for no other reason than I want some damn fire on this show. <laughs> oh man! Wow, geez. Any anything else you'd like to plug, Zach? Any uh any website services things you want to talk about? Kickstarters, you know. Yeah, you know. I, I'd love to to talk a little bit about this JavaScript for WordPress Masters course, uh, if that's cool. Um, well, where can people find it? Well, you could find it at javascriptforwp.com. And right now it is basically just the outline and the advisors. Um, but very soon it's going to have the full curriculum up there with a lot more information. Uh, there is a Kickstarter. Speaking of Kickstarters, one of the reasons I like this book, You Don't Know JS, is because he went through that Kickstarter. So I've been trying to look at other examples of people in the WordPress mm -hmm. community and tech world that have done Kickstarters. Unfortunately, I had advertised for the Kickstarter to start before I knew that the submission process can take several weeks. So I'm <laughs> revamping that and uh, learning as I go there. But There'll be a Kickstarter community-funded part of this, and you could check out um, JavaScript for WP.com. Please sign up for the mailing list because one of the cool things I've been able to do is meet with a lot of advisors and really smart people that know this stuff and work with it day in and day out, and I'm sharing a lot of that information um, leading up to the course coming out. Um, my website is WP.ZachGordon.com, and you could find me on Twitter at ZGordon. I love it, man. So, this is um, this has been an amazing episode. Where can we catch up with you here soon? What events do you have planned, even for Q one of, of twenty sixteen? Well, I know that I will be speaking on that WordCamp Miami JavaScript track, so awesome. I'll be, be down there. Excited for that. I'm going to try to make it out to um, the WooConf is is coming up, mm -hmm. and another one that isn't just WordCamp is uh, what is it? Press Press? Um, no, not Press Press. Pressonomics. Yes, Pressonomics. Pressonomics. I've never been. I really want to go. If I could get myself there, one. I'd like to do that. But great in general, man, I just get to as many WordCamps as I can. So once there's a few more up, I'll be bopping around. But if anybody can make it to WordCamp Miami, man, uh, come on down. Good times, good place. We will have some folks there and a lot of uh, and for a lot of the other upcoming events for, uh, for Q1. Um, one more time, plug where people can find you. You can find me at javascript for wp.com at z gordon on twitter i love it bradford any parting all words all right uh parting words i saw star wars it was amazing you should go see it find me <laughs> on twitter just uh ran uh the first six episodes machete style probably going to go watch uh episode seven uh in the coming week do if it you're, if you're Join looking for dradcast go hit us at dradcast.com we're publishing 
this episode and all others Thursday mornings. Um, if you're looking for us to come speak live at an event like I'm talking to you, WordCamp Norway, Scotty B. Hey, <laughs> go ahead and contact us at sponsors at dreadcast.com. Uh, if you're looking to come on the show, hit us up as well. We'd love to hear from you. We're scheduling now. We're out about a month, month and a half, so we'd love to get you on the schedule as soon as possible. Bradford, I heart you, my friend. You can find Brad at WilliamsBA and myself at Dre Meta on Twitter. For the Rad and Drad, I'm the doctor. Thanks for joining us uh, on this great episode with Mr. Zach. Thanks so much, guys. Deuces. Good times. Thanks for listening. If you have content for the show, want to submit to be a guest host, or just want to listen to previous shows, visit DradCast.com. While you're there, make sure you click the iTunes subscribe link to catch us on iTunes. Don't forget to follow at DradCast on Twitter. Join Brad and Dre for a new guest host next time on another episode of the DradCast.